welcome to Letter to Philippi Live, our daily broadcast looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians. Today we'll be continuing our study in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, where Paul continuing talking about dealing with these false teachers coming to the people coming to Philippi and warning the people of Philippi to stand firm in the gospel message they know and the message about the Messiah and the message they've been presented to by Paul about their new life in Messiah as mostly redeemed Gentiles coming to live now in the context of following the God of Israel and living their lives modeling the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua, righteous Messiah. So today we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, as we continue this, this verse-by-verse study through Paul's letter to Philippi here on Letter to Philippi Live. My name is Sean Imsley. I'm the teacher and founder of Letter to Philippi, a new Messianic Jewish theological teaching organization, of which our first initiative of our new work is this daily study in Paul's letter to the Philippians, Letter to Philippi. Our second initiative, which we began, is our Messianic Jewish Review of Books, which we have our first review out on Mark Danos' book, Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism. And as I said, we'll be adding adding at least two new two new reviews of books by Messian Jewish authors and also from the larger academic world, books from the Paul within Judaism school of thought and others that are reflective on on what we on building a Messian Jewish theology for the 21st century, firmly grounded in the Torah, in the the traditions of our people, the 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 scriptures of our people, the the tradition of of, of those who've come before, what we have in the Brikhada Shah, and also drawing on what was available from the larger academic world as we look to understand life as following Yeshua in the twenty first century within Judaism within a Judaism that honors Yeshua, righteous Messiah, and gives glory to the God of Israel. That is what Letter to Philippi is all about. That is what our new organization is about. That's what I'm about. And that's what we want to present here in this time together daily, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. Not to forget those in the Midwest, Chicago, 2 p.m. on in Central time. So we'll be looking today at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, in our continuing ongoing study through Paul's letter to Philippi, looking to find ways to become more and more and more in the Messiah each day, Paul calls us to. We'll begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll go into our, our brief study today on Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. O oh Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. You are a God. You are a King. You are the one who gives us life, both now and forevermore. And we thank you for each day we have to live in your glory and to look at the words of your holy servant, Paul. May we, like he calls us to do, become more and more and more in the Messiah today because of what we study today and help us to learn to become more and more and more like our Messiah, in whose holy name we pray. Amen. So today we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, and Paul's continuing 
in chapter 3 here, we start started with verse 2, confronting false teachers that either were in Philippi or could be coming to Philippi with a false message about the Messiah, a false message about about what they what how the people in Philippi were to live their lives, whether this it comes from those who are seeking the mostly Gentile populace of Philippi to to be circumcised and to convert to Judaism to somehow become more a part of the people of God or to secure their place from those who are preaching a false teaching that the Gentiles in Philippi who had put their faith in Yeshua were not fully part of the people of God, which we know from the, the Jerusalem Council ruling in Acts 15 that the leaders of the Messianic community ruled that the Gentiles coming to Yeshua faith could come to Yeshua faith solely by their faith in Yeshua without the need to convert to Judaism. They were integrated into the people of God. They're grafted into the olive tree of Israel by their faith trust alone in Yeshua. And they were able to come as Gentiles to become redeemed Gentiles and to not have to have to take on the full life of Torah observance and circumcision like their Jewish brothers and sisters who were followers of Yeshua were to continue to live their lives according to the Torah and according to the traditions of the of the Jewish people and the way of life set forward within Judaism. That was for the Jewish people, those who, who were following Yeshua to continue to live their lives ordered by Torah. But the Gentiles coming to Yeshua faith were able to come into the people of God fully as part of the people of God, fully integrated into, into the, the olive tree of Israel as Gentiles who have put their faith in Yeshua. Their faith alone in Yeshua put them in relationship with God fully and did not need to be supplemented by circumcision or converting to Judaism after becoming Yeshua followers. But there were those, those which specifically we see in Paul's letter to, Gal to Galatia, that there were those who were out there saying that the Gentiles that had come to Yeshua faith needed to supplement their faith by also converting to Judaism after converting from paganism to Yeshua faith. They also had to add on circumcision to that either to be fully part of the God or to be or to be super super believers of being both coming to Yeshua by faith as Gentiles and also converting to Judaism too to be so not doubly a part of the people of God, which the Jerusalem Council clearly made made notice that this was false, that Gentiles aren't have to convert to Judaism to become fully part of the people of God. So Paul is confronting these these people either either those who are are promoting circumcision and full Torah observance for these Gentile believers in Philippi, or as we see from the work of Mark Nianus, the possibility of this being a part of one of the pagan worships of Philippi, somehow trying to draw the the new Yeshua following Gentiles in Philippi to add pagan rituals to their faith. We're seeing a comparison between, between Jewish ritual and the rituals of the pagans. So we continue here that Paul has Paul spoken about these false teachers, warning about false teachers, which he called 
dogs, evil workers, and the mutilated. Now he continues on. He says in verse 3, here for it is we who are the circumcised we who worship by the spirit of god and make our boast in the messiah yeshua we do not put confidence in human qualifications let me read that again for it is we who are the circumcised we who worship by the spirit of god and make our boast in the messiah yeshua we do not put confidence in human qualifications First, we're going to be looking at this phrase, opening phrase, we are the circumcised. Other translation, translations exist for this verse. For example, in the English Standard Version, which uses, for we are the real circumcision, a reference to all Yeshua followers now having spiritual circumcision, which is a replacement for the physical act of Brit Malah, ritual circumcision. Though there is biblical precedence for spiritual circumcision, the error here by most Christian commentators is this teaching that spiritual circumcision replaces or supersedes physical circumcision, which is still a continuing covenantal fact for Jews. Most commentators apply this replacement of physical circumcision to spiritual circumcision for both Jews and Gentiles as a polemic against physical circumcision, the physical act of circumcision for Jews, which is a continuing part of the Abrahamic promise, a part of the, the covenant with Abraham that Jews were to continue to circumcise their sons in the day. Even as far as seeing baptism within the church as a new covenant replacement for circumcision, which makes infinite baptism so prominent in Catholic and some mainline Protestant churches. But this is truly understanding that circumcision, physical circumcision was done away for the Jewish people, the Jewish followers of Yeshua, is truly a truly a view of replacement theology, of a, a, a part of supersessionism that that sees that sees here that Paul is in this verse is rejecting the circumcision of Jewish males on the eighth day. But you see from his own practice, he circumcised Timothy, who was not circumcised as a boy, because of his father being being Greek, and was would have been opposed to marring the, the perfect human form by having him circumcised, and also of a concern of setting him aside as different from the the Greek populace around them. But we see that Paul's an example that he understood the importance of ritual circumcision, Brit Malah, that before he went to Philippi, before he began his, his journey with with Timothy, he had Timothy, Timothy virtual circumcised as an adult to make up for the mis, his circumcision that he did not have as a child. Dr. Barry Horner, a Christian commentator, pointed out that the translation of this verse is the real circumcision in the English Standard Version or the true circumcision in the Revised Standard Version reflects replacement theology supersessionism. The ESV interpretation rendering of Philippians 3 essentially states that Paul teaches physical circumcision, Brit Malah, is now a former act of a now former nation of Israel. Horner further commented, This I believe to be mistaken understanding of Paul's overall teaching. 
according to Paul's own confession, he remained a distinctive bona fide Jew after he became a follower of Yeshua, which we see in Acts 16, 1 through 3, Acts 22, 3, Romans 9 through 4, and, and Romans 11, 1. And we'll see in verses verses 4 through 6, as we put as Paul puts forward what we call his Jewish resume, he will show his bona fide connection to Judaism, his his being circumcised on the eighth day, and the import of him being connected to the Jewish people through the ritual of circumcision. So, so for in this, for those these for those both the translations and the commenters on Philippians, who sees in this this talk about the that we are the circumcision which we have with both the ESV and the RSV with the real circumcision or true circumcision, that that there's underlying that supersessionist thinking replacement theology that sees that that in in now the physical circumcision, which was a part of of the life of the Jewish people, both from the time of Abraham to today was done away with with Yeshua, and now that there's a spiritual circumcision for all followers of Yeshua, of which there, of which there is, is the spiritual circumcision that we see in the prophets about the heart being circumcised, which is true, truly a part, but it's not a replacement for the physical act of circumcision for those, for those Jews, for those Jewish males continuing to participate in the covenant relationship with Abraham that that though there is 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 as as we talked about in the scriptures in the Tanakh speaking of of spiritual circumcision of the circumcision of the heart that that beyond just the physical circumcision of the flesh there's is a heart a spiritual circumcision it is in it is in continuity and not in replacement of the the right of ritual circumcision for Jews both those who believe in Yeshua and those who are yet to acknowledge Yeshua as Messiah. The continuing act of Rit the circumcision of Jewish males on the eighth day, is a continuing part of the life of those who call Yeshua Lord as part of the people of Israel. That in being coming a follower of Yeshua, a Jewish person does not end being a Jew but continues to live their lives as Jews following the Jewish Messiah. Next we come to the phrase, we who worship by the Spirit of God make our boast of the Messiah Yeshua. We see Paul here speaking of a new spirit-infused worship to which he calls the Philippians to participate. In contrast to many of his contemporary Jews who believe the Spirit of God has ceased to work in the world with the end of the writing of the prophets, the concluding of the work of prophets, most, most notably Malachi, the last of the of the last of the of the writing prophets, that the that the spirit of God's work, the spirit, the work, the work of the spirit in the world, had come to an end with the end of end of the writing prophets, with which we have Malachi, which is the last last of the prophets who wrote wrote these prophetic words from God. So in contrast to those his contemporaries of Paul who understood that the, the work of the Spirit 
the words of the spirit had ceased to be with the ending of, of the of the prophetic word. Here we see Paul clarifying that in Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel coming to the world, that the work of the Spirit of the world, the Ruach HaKodesh, was again active in the world because of the coming of the Messiah of Israel. Because Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, had come into the world, now the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, has again become active. And he calls the people in Philippi to understand this, that they now need to understand that their new life of worshiping the God of Israel is infused by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God has come into the world as the Messiah of Israel has come into the world. The Spirit of God has come again to be active in, in our world because of the coming of Messiah Yeshua. And because of that, there can be a Spirit-infused worship that our worship of the God of Israel is now empowered by the Spirit of God, empowered by the, the Messiah of Israel coming to our world, and through him, releasing the power of the Spirit of the world. So the worship of the one God of Israel is now empowered by the Spirit of God's activity. Again, the Spirit of God is now active in the world because the Messiah of Israel has come. And finally, Paul completes this first verse saying, we do not put confidence in human qualifications. Paul warned against confidence in human qualifications. And we see this as a, as a continuing teaching of Paul throughout the book, about the importance of humility, the importance of self-sacrifice, in that confidence or boasting human qualifications. Boasting and is, a, is, is something that, that comes out of pride and connected to pride. But what we see the pride is, is considered to be the negative, the opposite of humility. So Paul warning here about confidence in human qualifications, warning against pride, warning against boasting in, in oneself, in one's accomplishments, is him continuing to teach on humility and warning against the opposite of humility, warning about pride, warning about having any kind of boasting as outside of boasting in Messiah Yeshua, which he, he which he can which he he says here boasting in the Messiah Yeshua is the only form of boasting, the only kind of expression of pride is boasting in the greatness of the Messiah Yeshua, boasting in the wonder of his atonement, boasting in the wonder of life anew life free from sin because of the Messiah Yeshua. But boasting in oneself, in one's own background, one's own education, one's own own wealth, whatever it was, is to be avoided because that is pride and that is against the example of the Messiah Yeshua. But boasting in the wonders of the Messiah, boasting in the atonement of the Messiah, boasting in life anew Messiah, Paul commends and calls people of Philippi to understand should be a part of their lives. But any kind of boasting in human qualifications, any boasting about, as, it, as we'll see, about, about background or education, wealth, status in society, should be, should be tampered down and rejected because that is outside 
the example of the humility and self-sacrifice of the Messiah. But he calls them to, to boast in the Messiah, boast in the greatness of the Messiah, but to be humble about their own human qualifications, their, their place in society, their, their birth, their, their wealth, whatever they have that they could boast of in this world, Paul calls them to, to put that aside, to focus only on giving glory and honor to the God of Israel and boasting in the wonder of the Messiah. The life of the follower of Yeshua is refocused on Yeshua and divine worship and service. Rather than focusing on oneself, focusing on one's achievements, their status of birth, their status in society, their wealth, whatever it would be, whatever talents or, or, or gifts they have, the focus should be on Yeshua and divine worship and boasting only in the greatness of our God, the wonder of our Messiah, and the wonder of the atonement that we have because of him. So Paul here is warning against boasting in oneself and about oneself, which I said would be a, a demonstration of pride and an opposite of Paul's teaching on humility and self-sacrifice. And tomorrow we'll be looking at what I call in my book Paul's Jewish resume. We'll be looking at verses 4 through 6 of Philippians, where, where Paul says to the people of Philippi, you're not to boast in your in about yourself, about whatever it is in your life that is worth boasting, about your your heritage, your wealth, your status in the community, whatever it be that you could boast in about yourself, but to focus on divine worship, focus on boasting in the greatness of God. But then he says, if I were to boast, if I were to be like these people that I'm telling you to avoid their false teaching they're boasting in themselves they're seeking to to engrandize themselves in society if i were to like them boast this is what i had to boast about and once you have which i call his jewish resume we're lay forward what things he could if he if he was seeking to boast about himself could lay forward forward and blow away anyone who was coming to, to boast about their background or upbringing or education. Paul says, whatever they would have, I can greatly outdo what they have to do. But I lay everything aside to know the Messiah. So we'll see that tomorrow as Paul will confront those who are, who are in pride, showing them that if he were to be prideful himself, he could far outdo what they see as their own own area of greatness or or prestige. But we'll see that Paul makes clear that everything lays aside to knowing Messiah Yeshua. Knowing Messiah Yeshua is the most important thing. Everything about us, everything about our, our background, our life, our skills, our education, our wealth, our talents, everything becomes worthless in comparison to the one thing, knowing Yeshua the Messiah, knowing the life that he, he gives both now and forevermore, 
and knowing the atonement that only he can provide. So Paul makes clear that he has great many things he can boast about, but everything lays aside to knowing Yeshua. And he calls the people of Philippi and us to understand that the greatest thing in our life, the one thing we can boast about is that we know Yeshua. We know the Messiah of Israel. We know the life that only he can bring. And that is far beyond anything in this world, anything about us, anything that we can hold forward of value is rendered meaningless and worthless in comparison to knowing Yeshua. Knowing Yeshua exceeds everything. And Paul will make that clear to the people of Philippi as we continue our study from Paul's letter to Philippi, the letter to the Philippians, in our daily study through Paul's letter to Philippi, here on Letter to Philippi Live. And as I said, we'll, tomorrow we'll be looking at Philippians 3, 4 through 6, as Paul puts forward his Jewish resume and says, if I were to boast, this is what I can boast about. But he will make clear that as we, in our continuing study, as we, as we go into verses 7 through 11 on, on Thursday, the most important thing to Paul, the most important thing to him is knowing the Messiah. And everything else is rendered worthless except to know the Messiah. And knowing the Messiah is everything to him. And he calls people of Philippi and us by example too. Understand the most important thing in our lives is knowing the Messiah, Yeshua. Having him as our Lord, having him as our master, having him as the one who provides us atonement, who is our master and king, who is our Messiah our Redeemer, the one who has brought us near to the God of Israel by our faith, trust in him, and who has brought us into life eternal because of the sacrifice of the Messiah. And that's what, what Paul is calling people of Philippi to understand. And for us, 1900 years later, to understand Paul's teaching here to the people in Philippi. That will include our time today. Thank you for watching. This is Letter to Philippi Live, a daily Messianic Jewish Bible study through the book of Philippians, Paul's Letter to Philippi, brought to you by lettertophilippi.org, a new Messianic Jewish theological teaching organization, of which I'm the founder and the teacher of this class. And this has been, as I said, this we're now in our third time this year, going through verse by verse, Paul's letter to Philippi as our first initiative of this new work. And as I said, we've, we've expanded our second initiative into our Messian Jewish book reviews, which will be adding two new book reviews for Messian Jewish authors and authors from the larger academic world on the Paul within Judaism literature and other books that are, are reflective on, on understanding our life as following Yeshua within Jewish space, within Jewish life, and building a Messian Jewish theology for the 21st century that is firmly grounded in the Torah of Israel, respecting the tradition of Israel, walking in the, the, the light of the Brit Hadashah, seeking to lift up Yeshua daily and to lift him higher and higher so as to give honor to the one God of Israel and to live our lives daily to become more and more in the Messiah. 
that's what we're all about. That's what Letter to Philippi is about. Uh, my new Messianic Jewish Theological Teaching Organization. And if you want more information, go to lettertophilippi.org. You can ask any questions you have for us. We have our, our contact form. You can leave a prayer request when we're praying for you. You can watch previous class videos on our resources page. You can purchase our uh, Messianic Commentary in Philippians there, which is the basis for this class. You can make a much-needed financial contribution to our work. We're an independent organization. We're not funded by any large organization, just by those who support our work by giving to the work of Letter to Philippi. You can go to our giving link there and set up a one-time one-time gift, or even better, set up an ongoing monthly or weekly donation to continue the work of Philippi into 2022 as we would like to expand our work into live events in the next year, along with our daily daily classes in, in Philippians, we'll be continuing to do online, live, daily, and also uh, also new new teaching programming programs and also print print materials we're looking to put together in 2022. So you can help that happen by making a contribution at lettertophilippi.org. So thank you for watching. Have a blessed day, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow as we continue this look at Philippians chapter 3, and now moving into Paul's Jewish resume as he's looking to, to show these false teachers and the people of Philippi that if he were to boast in his background, he could far out-credential out anyone. But the most important thing for him is knowing the Messiah. And he's willing to lay aside everything about him outside of knowing the Messiah to fully embrace Yeshua as his all, the thing of, of, of greatest importance, of greatest value in his life, is knowing Yeshua. And he calls the people in Philippi and us by example too to see the most important thing, the highest value in our life as knowing Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel, the King of kings and Lord of all, the one who is the Messiah of Israel and the Lord of the nations. And that is what Paul is calling us to see in these, these words that he gave the people of Philippi. And we now, now nearly... 1900 plus years later, almost 2000 years, 1950 years since Paul wrote these words. We have this teaching that Paul's calling us to become more and more like Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. So thank you for watching. We'll continue our study tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Central time. Oh, don't want to bring it, leave, out, leave out my many friends in Chicago and Columbus, Ohio. 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem Time, and we'll be back tomorrow looking at Paul's Jewish resume. Thank you for watching. Have a blessed day. Shalom. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching. And again, this is Letter to Philippi Live, an initiative of lettertophilippi.org.